following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, everybody. Um, today we're going to explore the incredibly difficult and incredibly enjoyable world of dating. Uh, dating, as I've termed it in the subtitle of this show, is in various steps. And these steps usually include in this day and age with the younger generation and even the older is alcohol, then there's sex, there's lies, then there's an overpromise, and then you never see each other again. After that arrives an STD and then baby mama, and then repeat. And that's the steps of dating as I've outlined them today. Now, <laughs> here's some uh, things about animal courtship. Um, animal courtship is extremely interesting, and here's some really cool ones that I've found. Uh, uh, for flatworms, love is a battlefield. They engage in penis fencing until one manages to pierce the other's skin and inseminate it and determining who will play the part of the female in this strange underwater mating ritual. And that is flatworms, penis fencing. Now think about that. I wonder if, how, if anybody's ever tried that in the human world, and I'm sure they have. All right, now, humans aren't the only animals that go dancing as a prelude to romance, but for some it really takes stamina, because like scorpions, play and dance pincer to pincer for up to two hours. The dance usually ends abruptly, though because of the male, if the male overstays his welcome, the female may just eat him. With flamingos, they do their courtship display like a Broadway chorus line. They, they puff their feathers, whip out uh, one or another both wings, stretch their necks, and turn their heads in synchronicity, all while strutting in unison. So when they court, they do it in a, like a chorus line. <laughs> which is, I've never seen that, but I imagine it's extremely interesting. Now, here's a interesting one. A male goat urinates on himself to attract the ladies. He does this in his mouth, too. And it's, it's like goat uh, mouthwash. <laughs> so, male goats will pee in their mouth to make themselves attractive to female goats. Now, what does that say about the females? Okay, now, female porcupines attract males... By scenting the air with their urine and their mucus, the male, in return, gets the female in the mood with a forceful spray of urine that he can shoot up to six feet away, which is amazing. Now, when a male antelope 
uh, and this is a topi antelope, thinks a female is losing interest. He and uh, looks like she's about to wander off. He'll he'll make a warning call that means he sees a lion and she will stick around for safety, which gives him more time to woo her. <laughs> That's pretty smart. And now the last one is perhaps the worst one also is the funnel web spider. The male lures the female close with a courtship dance. Then he knocks her out with the sedative pheromone and takes advantage of her while she's out cold. Have you ever heard of that in the human world? <laughs> to be fair, though, he has a pretty good reason because she's awake. If she's awake, she'll probably eat him. So that's animal courtship. <laughs> some things they get right and some things they don't do well, <laughs> just like us. Now, here's dating today, and, and I just want to reflect on this because I get a lot of folks that do not want to be single. Just they, They're married to a total idiot, a total jerk, but they just don't want to go back in the dating world because they're so afraid of being single and having to deal with other people. And believe me, with as complicated as people are and with as many secrets as people have, especially utilizing the Internet, which is the main vehicle for about 46% of our population to actually meet each other, it's very complicated, but it can be a lot of fun. You just have to know how to date. And so I'm going to break it down for you and try to make it easy. We're going to go through different uh, midlife dating. We're going to go through early dating. We're going to go through courtship and first dates, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and what is a bad date? Okay, these days, what gets labeled as a date is really just an unnecessarily extravagant booty call. And that is very sad, but it is defined basically as a pseudo date. Um, you know, listen, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with having sex. I'm all for it. But if you're going to date, then actually date. Y- you should be capable of differentiating the two and approaching two different scenarios entirely differently. The problem is that most single people are so used to pseudo dating booty calls in order to get off. When they find themselves on an actual date, they don't know how to act. Not to mention being so used to booty calls, they rate the person on the date as less than, which they may be actually the most decent person they've been out with, because they don't have chemistry. Well, they think sex is going to develop the chemistry. And that is a, a misconception that's extremely sad, but we are such an impatient world. You know, God forbid people actually become friends first and develop feelings and develop chemistry. God forbid people try to do that. You know, if you're going on what you think is a date, treat it like an actual date. I will outline a few things that make a date uh, later in the show and make it a little bit more simple to understand what it is, and it's called courtship. Online dating. Now, I want to talk about that right off the bat because, look, there's nothing wrong with online dating. In this world, it's so fast-paced. We are all on enormously difficult schedules. We're juggling work, we're juggling children, we're juggling financial debt, mortgages, jobs, keeping people happy, trying to have a piece of life to ourselves, trying to have friends, trying to do things and enjoy our lives. And and it's a very busy world out there. So online dating is actually extremely popular. Like I said, it's about 46% of the dating world is online dating. Unfortunately, Um, Many people that date online aren't what they represent. It's kind of like when you look in the obituary section, I don't mean to be morbid, but people end up putting pictures of themselves like 50 years ago rather than what they actually look like today when they pass. Same thing with dating. People put on the best picture they can possibly of themselves. They do these uh, 
uh, glamour photos or whatever to try to make themselves look so good. But when you see them in reality, you're, you just want to barf. So, uh, you know, I hear this all the time. And it was so scary and easy for people to end up on a crappy date with a creep who isn't who they represent themselves to be. And I mean creep on a male and a female because it goes both ways. You know, you always want to make sure people who love you, when you go out on dates with people you do not know, especially on the Internet, you want to know and make sure that people that love you know where you're at. That is extremely important. And when you go out on an online date with somebody you don't know, a blind date, always have an exit strategy. Always be willing to end it. So many people are afraid to do that, but it is important for your own safety and for your own boundaries and to not waste your time. You know, I cannot tell you how many times a man has told me, a woman who said she was like 120 pound uh, blonde, 25 and had a career, ended up being a 200 pound dyed brunette, 35 unemployed with four illegitimate children. You know, and and then on the female scale, uh, trying to find what they thought was a single man ends up being a a uh, and and sexy ends up being a married man uh and in fat bald four kids unhappy with his job his life his wife and looking for sex and that is what a lot of women end up finding on the internet and that is very frustrating cuz people do not represent themselves as what they are on these dating sites now there are a few sites that I do recommend, and I can't say that I wholeheartedly endorse them, but I do know that they use uh, pseudo-psychological testing tools to try to match people up, and I, I think they give it their best effort. I don't know if there's ever going to be a pure science to this. Uh, however, we're fairly early in the Internet world on the scale of the human race, and maybe it will get very well refined. I recommend only a few sites, and one of them... Uh, is Match.com, which is a very good site uh, for matching people up. It can be a booty call site, but it also usually, uh, since there's a fee involved, usually encompasses somebody that's actually looking for a decent partner. eHarmony is actually a very good tool uh, developed by psychologists trying to match people up. There's a lot of heart involved in eHarmony, and... um, uh, singlechristian.com is another one that is extremely good if you're uh, uh, into the religion-oriented uh, uh, thing because it also matches up on the spirituality. One of the best is Zusk, Z-Z-O-O-S-K. And for those in your midlife, OurTime.com. That's the people that after you're like 50 – Looking for somebody that's later than 50, OurTime.com is a really good site. Now, there's also meat markets. Obviously, there's your Plenty of Fish, uh, which, uh, you know, that's just a site for booty calls primarily. Uh, They think they're a dating site, and people think it's a dating site, but it's really just a booty call site with a lot of fake IDs, a lot of people that are married acting like they're single. Adult Friend Finder is another one where people have the basic, like my last show, Secret Lives. They basically present themselves in one direction, and they live entirely another direction. It's a booty call site, and it's kind of gross, but uh, it's out there, and it's extremely big. Also, uh, sadly... um, 
you know, there's Craigslist, and Craigslist is has got uh, obviously people looking for booty calls. Very rarely you're going to find somebody on Craigslist actually looking for a serious relationship. Um, but uh, you know, when people get desperate, they get desperate. There's a lonely world, a lot of lonely people, and they tend to go to places like that, especially when it comes to money. You know, you know, you know. Even heck, if you want to get down to the the worst of the worst, which is getting your local escort, then go to Backpage.com. Backpage.com is filled with escorts. Of course, it is supervised by the police. Yeah, you might even get to meet them while you're out there uh, with an escort. Or uh, they may be on duty or they may be off duty. Who knows? You know, cops and escorts have the same divorce rate. Now, <laughs> now, now you know where to look uh, when you're suspecting your husband or your wife. Uh, expecting it, you know, looking for a cheater. These kind of websites are where they're at. Even the more legit uh, eHarmony type of site is where that's at. Um, there's also sites that I don't even think are worth mentioning, uh, which have to do with people that are married trying to date each other. And I think that's a very sad thing to advocate. And I know you want to do that on this show. You know, uh, Facebook has been a wrecking ball for all kinds of marriages. I cannot tell you how many children have been the victims of Facebook, meaning that their parents got divorced because some lonely parent was sitting around trolling on Facebook, looking, stalking for their old uh, ex-lovers, ex-friends, ex-high school, all that kind of crap. And they end up getting together, talking, uh, remember, you know, reminiscing, trying to build something back again, maybe trying to, uh, maybe there's unfinished business that they think they have to accomplish. And unfortunately, Facebook is a, a social media and it, it, it can be a very nice place. I don't, don't get me wrong. It can be really cool where people can share their lives and share their family and all that kind of stuff. And I know in this busy world, a tool like that can be extremely constructive and helpful. But when it gets into this relationship stuff, you know, I, I just think it sucks. I think it's sad that people have to dig up old bones and or or find friends of friends and end up in relationships doing things they shouldn't be doing when they have the responsibility of a family and children and vows that they took to be married. Unfortunately, we cannot stop that. Um, people will do what they do, and uh, Facebook happens to be a double-edged sword. It's a great tool, and it's a horrifically invasive tool, and uh, I see that on a weekly basis in counseling when I'm dealing with married people, how people meet like that. Now, th there's a thing called a pre-date. A pre-date. A pre-date in this day and age is extremely advisable. A pre-date is like going for coffee. Um, this is a way to find out if the person is a creepo. I mean, if you're going to waste time with somebody or if you're going to spend time with somebody, you really want to find out kind of what you're getting. We are too busy to be out there just bl blindly meeting somebody, being stuck with them for an evening's plan, uh, listening to their crap, and then go home and feel empty and like, my gosh, why did I do this? Coffee is an awesome way and a safe way in a public forum to be able to meet a creepo and find out if they are a creepo. If they're not, then that's great. Then go thinking in terms of I'm going to meet a new friend. Don't go with the expectation that I'm going to find somebody to date. It is I'm going to meet a new friend and that's it. And here is the deal. When you go on a pre-date, when you're going for coffee, you must be yourself. This is not a date. 
this is a, this is a place where you should go with the day you had, in the clothes you're in, in the mood that you're in, as you are, and you present yourself that way. And it's extremely important to do that because it's real. And it's extremely important because it tells you whether or not this person is acceptable to you or accepts you as you are and you them as they are. But a lot of people do performances and performances are not appropriate because surprises happen after you've wasted your time dating somebody one or two times and then you find out they're actually a real creep. Um, you can actually walk away from coffee you know, very easily too. So, if, you know, get it in a to-go cup if you have to. But, you know, you're not going to give a lot of yourself away in that kind of environment unless you choose to. And that's good. Also on a pre-date, you'll be evaluating. And this is important. You're evaluating first impression, which is critical. You're also evaluating their communication skills. Are they good listeners? I'm telling you, today, people are terrible listeners. They do not know how to validate. I understand. I hear what you're saying. All right, so what you're telling me is this. You know, the listener in a conversation is the most powerful person in the conversation. And it's important on a first uh, meeting of somebody to be a good listener. And if the person you're with is not a good listener and all they want to do is talk about themselves, that's a real good sign you're with a creepo. Okay. The other thing to look for, and I hate to say this, is uh, you want to see if it's a body type that you like. You want to see if they have the energy that matches your energy or complements your energy. You want to know if they have manners. Uh, you also want to know if they have BO or bad breath, which I'm not suggesting you get in their body space, but my God, you need to find that out uh, very quickly because that tells you whether they're a uh, clean person or filthy. Um, and if they have BO, I can tell you there's probably other things that come along with it under the clothing that are not so hot. You know, you don't want to tell if there's an attraction. Uh, you know, the list goes on. This protects you and gives you cautionary tools you need to know before you go on that first date for your safety and once again for an exit strategy. Also on pre-dates, you kind of find out how the person relates to people and how they uh, tend to relate to crowds. You can tell if they're an introvert or an extrovert. You can see their body language and see what, you know, what they're like. Are they awkward? Are they strange? Are they shy? Those are important things and actually it's extremely important on a pre-date to verbalize what you're reading and read it back to them and tell them, you know, it looks like you're a very shy person. looks like you're very uncomfortable in public. It's very open and honest conversations like that that lead people to be able to connect. So we're going to go on and I'm going to talk about what is a date, what is a first date, and what is courtship coming up next. Stay with our show. Thanks for listening. Come right back. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856. 
or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bill could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Thank you for listening to Absurd Psychology. Now we're going to talk to what is a date, a first date, and courtship. And this is primarily uh, for guys. However, this is also for the masculine role in a masculine, feminine, gay relationship. This is extremely important to because both the both both ways, these same tools actually apply. And I know this is going to sound kind of old-fashioned, some of it, but actually it is common sense, and it needs to be brought to the forefront because unfortunately, especially on the coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast, people forget about these things, and I'm sorry, it's just a very unromantic world out there uh, in the dating world, especially in the first dates for many people. You know, if you do not feel nervous on a first date, then don't go. Just if you're really that bored and you're going on a date with somebody you're not excited about, go jack off. Go masturbate and watch a movie or do it in reverse order. Go meet a friend and enjoy and have fun with them. But for God's sake, don't go on a first date if you're not nervous. That's preposterous. There should be a little bit of anticipation. And if you're not feeling it, it's pretty much done. Forget it. You're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. You know, you should also take great care in how you present yourself. If you're going to go on a date, this is your first time together. And if you feel no urge 
to put a little extra effort in, then it's not going to go anywhere. You know, we get too comfortable and feel that going an extra mile has no value. And that's crazy. You should impress them every chance you get. And if you marry or if you get into a committed relationship, that should continue for the rest of your life from your heart that you want to impress them. You want to look good to them. Now, how about picking them up for dinner? That's right. Guys used to pick girls up and then go to dinner together. Can you believe that? I'm sure that most men hearing this don't even remember the last time they picked a girl up and went to dinner together on a first date. Now, I'm speaking primarily for the East Coast and the West Coast. It's such a strange thing. Uh, it's more common in rural areas. I'm from Indiana, if you haven't heard by my accent. And obviously, in those kind of areas, people do uh, go on first dates by picking the girl up or picking the female or the feminine up. But on the West Coast and the East Coast, it's basically non-existent. You know, West Coast, they go and drive to meet somewhere. And on the East Coast, they end up taking a train or whatever and meeting somewhere. There's, there's no, uh, none of that. We're going to do it together. You know, just because you don't have a car doesn't mean you shouldn't pick her up from her home. Why? For one reason, it's nice, gentlemanly thing to do. And they'll appreciate it, which should be enough. And also, too... You should want to squeeze in as much time with them as possible. Picking them up before dinner and taking them home will get you at least an extra 30 minutes. Also, they know that you're looking out for their safety, and that's critical. You have to think about this on a first date. First date is not just we're going to go out on a date. You want to think about it. Also, if you don't have a car, get a taxi. And ride with them and then ride back home. I know it's a little extra money, but if you're dating, I would hope you have enough because you're anticipating developing a relationship, which I'm telling you is very costly. Now, if you can't afford it, don't date. Ah, yes. I'm asking you to actually, on a first date, if you're in a masculine role in a relationship, pay for dinner. You know, for all you scrubs, if you don't have the money or too cheap to pay for a first date, then forget dating. You, know, you can't even exist on your own. It's just a booty call. If you're not going to pay for the first date, it is just a booty call. Be the brainless breeding stock you are. You don't have to do what it takes on a date. You can't afford to have a relationship or provide for a family. And I ask women or the feminine who compromise and pay for first dates, you guys are losers. Don't do it. It should be the masculine role. And I'm sorry if I sound old-fashioned, But that is the necessary tool on a first date. A person that is in the feminine role or a female needs to feel cherished. That is the essence of a relationship, and they also need to feel trust. They need to feel their partner is looking out for them. So anybody in those kind of a dynamic type of relationships, this kind of courtship is necessary. You know, if, 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 if the man is a user and a pig, and he's incapable of being in a relationship or actually paying for a first date. Now, I'm talking about a first date. I'm not suggesting that every date you go on, the masculine or the man pays for the date. That is not what I'm suggesting. I'm talking about the first date. After that, you guys can say we want to spend more time together, then it's let's make a deal. I understand that because dates are expensive. A lot of these restaurants are extremely expensive. It can be very costly just to go to a Chili's or something like that. I mean, or a Friday's. It can be expensive, especially if it involves 
drinks. Now, um, if the woman expects a man to pay and has the means to pay after they start dating and wants him to pay over and over and over again, a man needs to consider this woman is uh, has very extravagant taste, this woman is high maintenance, and this woman is not willing to form a partnership. She wants me to take care of her. So you need to understand the message when a woman embraces the idea that you have to pay for every single date because they're the feminine role and this is the 1950s and uh, I'm sorry, it's not the 1950s. I'm suggesting to you guys that those moral values don't fit in this day and age where people are busy and things are expensive. So here's the deal. You know, uh, if you want to be a provider and, and you want to work like a sled dog to support her lazy ass during the relationship, listen to her complain every waking hour, whatever that you're doing isn't enough and spending every dime while she's out on, uh, you know, <laughs> bullshit, buying bullshit that makes her feel better. If you're going to play this masculine feminine role where she just sits at home or he sits at home, then, you know, what are you setting yourself up for? You know, you're going to end up finding yourself going to work in a five-year-old uh, worn-out suit, and she'll be wearing Nordstrom's and sitting on her ever-fattening ass watching reality television and pooping out kids to make sure that she's got you hooked. So the deal is you want to be very careful in this dating process that you guys form a partnership, not an imbalance. Um, so when I'm talking about first date, that is what I'm talking about from the monetary perspective. Now, how about flowers? Wouldn't it be nice? Women love flowers. And and if a woman doesn't like flowers, they usually like chocolate. Gee, how traditional is that? Well, it is, but it's also a very good thing. You know, and if she doesn't like either, then she's likely a pain in the ass and high maintenance. So, you know, you might want to watch out. So, you know, do yourself a favor. If you can't find something that actually pleases her, you're probably going to be in a relationship that's extremely miserable. So be be very cautious about that. You know, flowers, at least if somebody doesn't like flowers, they can say, well, that's very pretty. Thank you very much. It's not my thing, but I really, really appreciate it. You know, if they're not even nice about it, you need to understand that. Now, dinner, not coffee, on a date. A date is about dinner, not watching a movie at someone's house or going to the movies. You know, if you're actually going on a date, you know, you don't want to forget that the point of going on a date is to get to know the person. The best setting is over dinner. You have plenty of time to talk. Plus, you get breaks during the courses, allowing you to smooth out the awkwardness that almost always exists on a first date. Going for coffee either means, and I'm talking about on a first date, either means I just want to be friends or I don't have the balls to ask you out for dinner. And drinks, well, drinks... You know, that's usually about going to get laid. So if they're asking you for drinks, they're usually wanting a booty call. Now, here's some things that would be nice in a date. Stimulating conversations. You know, not, of course, all dates are going to lead to stimulating conversations. But if you're dating the right person, they should. The right person for you is the person that you find incredibly easy to talk to without judgment or a filter if you find you know if you find yourself constantly making sure you're you're not stepping on their toes um, you spend the entire evening talking about the weather and sports take it as a sign that this person may not be the right person to date. Also, you know, I personally recommend drinking if you're going to drink in moderation, if you're going to drink drink in moderation because um I don't think it's a bad thing to date 
on, on the first date to drink, but you really need to loosen up a little bit, and that's cool if it helps you with that and be relaxed. But, you know, unfortunately, many lonely people especially uh, are not especially good at drinking in moderation. People, when they start drinking, sometimes never stop at the right time, and things get really screwy. You know, um, this is an official date, and it should be respected as that, and you should be able to be with the person that they are. So I recommend drinking in moderation if you're going to drink. You know, for God's sake, don't sleep together on the first date. If you want to build an actual relationship with the person, don't drop your pants within the first 24 hours. It's a simple rule. Waiting to go on a few dates really does increase your chances of making the relationship into an actual relationship. If you have sex on the first date, he or she will assume it's only sex. Also, it helps build up tension and yearning, both necessary for the manifestation of romantic love, if you wait. Also, I don't get it. People sometimes think it's a game not to call the person they've dated uh, you know, especially the masculine to the feminine, not calling them after the next day and say, hey, I had a great time or it was really nice talking to you or you're really cool or I really enjoyed the date or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to date them again, but it's called manners. Call them. Let them know. Don't text them. Just call them. You've already spent time with them. Call them at least and at least let them know that you had a good time. At least have manners. Now, for women on dates, women are horrible at this. You know, for God's sake, women, if you're going to go on a date and a man's going to pay for it or the masculine's going to pay for it, eat your food. Don't sit there and pick. The payer wants to know what what they're paying for will be at least enjoyed. They, they can't very well enjoy dinner if you're not. Order a sure thing. Order something you normally eat and eat it. Don't go there and just pick. That's ridiculous. No cell phone or texting. This is a total turnoff. If you have to text or call someone on your first date, just end it. Don't be stupid. This is supposed to be a special time. For God's sake, if you can't put your phone away on a date, then don't go on a date. And be honest. Don't, don't, don't throw out false modesties and act like you're the Virgin Mary if you're not. Don't act like you've changed and now this date you want to take it slow. If you have to verbalize that, you're just telling them you're a slut waiting uh, for this evening and he's not worthy of you. <laughs> you know, you have the right to change, but you need to be honest. You know, you just need to be honest. Tell the truth. Communicate how you've changed your view of what you want in a man or a, a masculine. You know, give him, uh, give the person a way to understand what the sex means to you and what it has taught you over the time. If you're going to slow it down for the first time and you've been doing booty calls for years, then at least talk to them about that. Don't make it a surprise and act like this is how you date if you don't date that way. Also, you know, be nice if, it, if it's not working out. Just let them know that you're not their type or they're not your type and mention some redeemable quality that they have and, and you don't want to set up some false expectation in the person or some resentment. Be nice about it. Tell them how you wish the date to end and then do it. No guilt or shame. Do not uh, do the we can be friends thing either. That's ridiculous. It, it's never going to work out. If you're going to end the date, just end it. But let them know they're not your type and be nice to them. Be nice. 
if you drink, enjoy the buzz, but stop there. You know, a girl needs to be in control at all times of her presence, of her body. You have a lot to lose if you get drunk and things happen that you don't want to. Also, women, have fun, or feminines, have fun, and make sure that they know that you are having fun. It does not mean you'll continue dating or need to perform, but show if you're having fun. That gives both of you a chance to see each other at your best. Now, here's some women's sayings. A jealous woman does better research than the FBI. (laughs) Women always worry about the things men forget. Men always worry about the things women remember. That's Albert Einstein, by the way, who he is one of my favorite people to quote. (laughs) Here's a Polish proverb. Women cry before the wedding, men cry after. And women desire a man who makes them laugh and also makes them feel safe. Basically a clown ninja. (laughs) Did you know that line dancing was started by women waiting in line to go to the bathroom? These are some uh, women's sayings. (laughs) Okay, we're going to come back and uh, talk about midlife dating in a little bit, but I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time uh, talking about how you know you're with the right person. And this is a critical thing. And, uh, you know, you you always know you're with the right person when you both are doing things that both of you enjoy. And when you share that with each other, that is something that's enormously helpful. Also, when you spend time apart doing things you enjoy and are respectful of that, that means you're in a good relationship. You know, if you fight productively, that means you're in a good relationship. You each have your own friends and share friends. You maintain your own identity and they respect that. That tells you you're safely within the context of a good relationship. Your friends and family like you together That's critical. They give that objective view, and they're looking out for you. And you're able to disagree respectfully. You know, you better your partner, and they better you. That is the kind of relationship you want to be looking for, that you share a passion for a future together. And it's an individual future, and it's a shared future. Also, you're attracted to your partner, mind, body, and spirit. All right, uh, we're going to come back. Those are some tips on how you know you're with the right person. We're going to talk about midlife dating observations and midlife dating as we come back. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. 
Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Thanks for listening. Okay, now uh, here's some uh, midlife dating observations. Uh, First of all, this is from uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I think this is very funny. You know, he said, uh, I'm taking Viagra and drinking prune juice. I don't know if I'm coming or going. (laughs) You know, all the time we hear... uh, shows and people talk about cougars, which is uh, older women dating younger men. But there's also a term for men, and that's called manthers. You know, panthers, manthers. You know, and basically the definition of a manther or a cougar is older people dating younger, and this is otherwise categorized as every person turning 40. (laughs) So here's reasons to date younger people. You'll spend all your time at your place because theirs is either gross or their parents' house. They're eager to please sexually. They're, they have less sexual history. And they're more apt to accept changes in your life and adapt because they have no life. So <laughs> this is reasons why some people date younger. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to look at some red flags on midlife dating. And I, I would have to tell you, that the uh, most common red flags um, is people who've left a marriage or long-term relationships. Um, a lot of times there is, uh, they look very attractive and they're incredibly nice people, but there's some uh, flaws in how they relate in a relationship. Um, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this, and I know you're going to think I'm insane, but the truth is if you're in midlife, you have a lot at stake. You either have children, finances, retirement. You probably have some equity, probably not much left after a divorce. But the bottom line is you really want to be careful with who you hook up with as a relationship. And my personal recommendation uh, for committing to a serious relationship in midlife is to do a criminal background check. Also get health records and find out if they've got any STDs or any long-term health issues. Also understand their financials, including their debt and their credit score. I cannot tell you how many people get married and then find out, you know, because they're going on faith and they basically find out they're in a horrible situation that another person has put their life in. We cannot assume that every person in midlife that we are dating is a responsible adult. Many of them aren't. Many of them have very tragic stories, 
Um, another thing that is a red flag is looking for someone that personifies himself as a victim. If you're hearing a lot of what I call victim themes where they talk about other people doing things to them, you did this, they did this, blah, 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 that means they're very not a very accountable person and probably not the best quality of a person. It's normal for younger people to avoid responsibility, but for people in midlife that act like victims, they're basically very young people in their minds and uh, very immature and likely not apt to develop if they haven't done it by now. Now, um, here's some red flags. And, and this one is really important. Avoidance. You know, some people will absolutely refuse to deal with an issue or a problem in a relationship. They're very nice people. But they really will choose the facts that they share with you and rack and leave out the bad stuff. If you find a person that is an avoider, that means they're a liar. That means they're really not giving you the full scoop. And that is a red flag that this person throughout the course of your relationship will likely filter a lot of information. Some people do this as a coping skill in life. And if you do this in a relationship, and I'll tell you why this is critical. And, and all of these red flags are critical. They revolve around the issue of trust. You can love someone and not trust them. And that's great. But when you trust someone, love always follows. So as a marriage family therapist, I am always working on where is the trust broken. Because if you can fix the trust, the love will follow. So when people can't even trust themselves with the truth, you're finding yourself with the wrong partner. If they don't have the tool to be trusted or to trust you, you're dealing with a relationship that is bound to be in a miserable experience. And I would have, I, I would tell you to avoid that relationship <laughs> yourself, but be honest about it and say, you don't take responsibility. <laughs> I can't, you don't tell the truth. So why be with you? Don't waste my time. You know, you can, you, you can bet that an avoider won't help you. So most of the responsibility of a relationship is going to fall on you. The accountability is going to fall on you, and you're going to end up in a parent-child relationship with an avoider. Also, you know, accountability itself, you know, if, if you're sitting at the dinner table with the person and they go on and on about their how their ex destroyed their marriage, their boss makes their life miserable, they're a victim for the state of their entire life. You know, I've never met an abuser who held themselves accountable for their actions or anything that has happened in their life. They tend to avoid responsibility. People that avoid accountability and point at other people are often abusers. They find excuses and uh, no one can hold them down to a certain standard. They break promises. They never stand by their agreements. When their world starts to fall apart due to their lack of own responsibility, you can bet it's going to be your fault if you're in a relationship with them. And that is a horrible thing to have to be. And so here is another red flag to look for in midlife dating is a passive-aggressive person. They are their own worst enemy and yours also. The moment you let a passive-aggressive person know you like something, get ready to start doing without it. If they know you like sex, get ready to start doing without it. If they know you like to go play golf, get ready to start doing without it. If they know you love your children, get ready to start without it because they're going to make a battleground on every single thing that you like 
They will express their anger in a very covert way. They won't be out front with it. They'll be very covert by their attitude or by the way they express themselves, uh, usually by withholding things they know you want or need. They, they can be affectionate in the living room and cold as a fish in the bedroom. If you're expecting them at 7.30, get ready. They'll be there at 8. The passive-aggressive doesn't know how to say, that makes me angry. They don't know how to communicate their feelings. So what they do is they stuff it and they stuff it and they stuff it, and then it comes out in their behavior, or it comes out as a temper tantrum. They come off as being such good people, someone who could never hurt you, all while they are secretly punishing you in ways that cause you to think you might be going crazy. If you find yourself in a relationship with someone who seems to be too good to be true, then they probably are too good to be true. And so, uh, once again, a passive-aggressive person, they stuff it, and then they come out like a lion. And you want to be very careful with those kind of folks and probably avoid them if you want to have a peaceful life. You know, I said in my last... uh, Uh, On the last segment of my show at the very end, you know, if you want to be happy, don't marry an asshole. Well, that's true. Um, And I believe in that, and I think you probably do too. Hurdles, uh, dating at midlife, people's history, their financial background, their medical situation, their criminal situation, how they take care of themselves and their relationships with other people and with the relationship itself. If they don't put a priority on the relationship that you have, there's no way you can build a life together. You know, also, you have the problem of children and their responsibilities to their children and their expectations around their role with their children. That needs to be navigated. It does not have to be a battleground. There is a time for the relationship, and there's also needs to be time for the children, and it needs to weave in and out. It's extremely important to make all children in a relationship of two people who've been married before or had children with other people before to make those children feel welcome. Once again, divorce, the victims of a divorce are not the two adults that divorce. Family court, family law is all built around the children who are the true victims of people who divorce. And oftentimes those children are forgotten. And thank God some people, some courts, some judges, not all, are looking out for those children. You know, younger people look for time spent, energy, and activities. That's what they want. Um, you know, preteen is about affiliations, who you're affiliated, who your friends are, uh, play, and making friends. You know, teenage life is about images, finances, and independent. Um, all of this is uh, stuff that people look for in a relationship uh, when they're dating. Now, in midlife, once again, financial, medical, criminal, and relationships and how they relate to other people. Now, uh, dating midlife tips. In, in, in Barbara Waxman from the Odyssey Group, who's related to eHarmony, said uh, some good stuff, and I want to read it here. Know yourself and get a quick read on others. Did you know that you can tell a lot about a person if you know what section of the newspaper they read and what they seek on the internet first? You can learn a lot about a person by what they look for and what they spend a lot of their energy finding. And also, midlife tips, don't pull put all of your eggs in one basket. Recognize that dating is just one aspect of your life. 
Imagine for a moment that your life is made up of a portfolio of activities. Think about how you invest your time now. Then reconsider how much time and energy you want to spend and invest in those different areas. And as we age, we are more certain about who we are rather than the former stages of our life. And so it's important that if you're going to be in a relationship, that it's able to reach into each of those little portfolio boxes and that that relationship can dabble in those boxes. The relationship may not be center stage in those activities, but it also needs to complement those activities or at least accept the fact that they're there. Take that heartfelt knowledge and look for another soul who shares your interests and passions. Look at relationships like a series of puzzle pieces making up the picture of your life. There are many different pieces to a puzzle. Take some of the pressure off by reminding yourself that a relationship, a romantic relationship is just that, a relationship. Okay, be thoughtful about the re-entry to the dating world. The biggest challenge associated with getting back out there in the dating world has more to do with self-confidence than anything else. You know, I like to encourage people to get in shape for a dating experience. And I'm not talking about physical shape, but that's not bad to do that, especially at midlife when you're basically your life is turning into put your body's turning into pudding. Um, before entering the dating world, it's really often helpful to set some goals. In addition, looking better on the outside, you'll be taking care of yourself on the inside. You know, re- research has shown that people who understand and pay attention to their physical, emotional, and spiritual and their thought-based needs feel more energetic and report higher levels of happiness and life satisfaction. Carpe diem. The dating will follow. Okay. Now, uh, one thing to do is to define a successful date is to have at least a hobby or past history or something in common. Also, having expectations of how people act towards us and how we should be treated is important. Teaching a person how you want to be treated is, in midlife, extremely important. If they treat you in a way that is unacceptable, let them know how you want to be treated. You have to teach them. Also, in a date, you want you want to um, share one goofy thing about each other. And uh, also share things that you like to learn about each other. That is extremely important in a uh, date. Also, uh, you know, we want a connection. If you're going to be dating in midlife, you're hoping that you're going to be in a relationship that is something that's going to last where you guys are going to share and it's going to build into something. And it's all about relatability. And if we relate well, we will find a way to be attracted to each other. And uh, once again, you know, a successful dating at midlife is taking the entire experience with a light heart and imagine that it's a part of a grand experiment rather than a means to an end. People at, in midlife are very lonely. You know, we're not at our most attractive states. We're not going to be the teenage body that we used to be. And uh, so it's extremely important to look at the person as a whole. So here's some bad dates. You're about to make that first kiss and you can smell their BO and breath before they are in arm's reach. One of you orders garlic pizza. They bring their parents. Someone keeps texting them and they try to hide it. Someone keeps calling them and they ignore it. (laughs) Once again, these are bad dates, signs of a bad date. You get close to them and they smell like a rotten fish 
and they flirt with everyone else but you. That is definitely the definition of a bad date. Now, that's our show. Next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, we're going to cover abusive relationships. Here's the subtitle. Cutting off his balls does not stop the mouth from moving. I want to thank everyone for listening. Love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Remember, you never realize how boring you are until someone asks you what you do for fun. And don't worry about avoiding temptation. As you get older, it avoids you. That's Joey Adams. Thanks for listening to our show. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.